0: So you want to talk about becoming the next Hokage?
1: Yes, sure.
0: Are you going to believe it? Believe what? That's that's Naruto's catchphrase. God. Believe it.
1: Oh, well, He had not said that
0: yet. Oh. How much... Like, are you watching from the start, Naruto? Yeah, I watched or the like... first
1: three episodes to talk about the first volume of the manga.
0: Okay. Whereas, like... Weirdly,
1: why is this kind
0: of horny for a kid's book? Yes,
1: very much so. Remember when Naruto and Sasuke kissed in, like, the third volume? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Remember when Naruto transforms the Sasuke to get with the other girl? Yeah, that was weird.
0: No, I actually don't remember that. I don't think I read that since I was back in Bexley. Well, it does. And it's Sasuke. Okay all right well anime uh so welcome to Ultra Verso q your guide to the ultimate universe
1: now i'm podcast form i'm luke and i'm Devin.
0: and this week we're talking about C- the cable guy uh-huh uh, the classic Jim Carrey dark comedy that didn't do well in theaters because people weren't really expecting that sort of thing out of Mr. Jimothy Carrey.
1: But it was a great movie.
0: I only have very vague memories of it.
1: That's fair. I have not seen it in a long time either. Yeah. Ace Ventura, with Nature Call still holds up, though. I was rewatching that the other day.
0: That was the first one? Second one. Okay, yeah.
1: Which is the superior version.
0: Oh yeah, because it's not inherently transphobic as a twist.
1: I only saw the first one once. I didn't care for that one. All I remember is that Dan Marino's in it. and something about the Miami Dolphins.
0: Well, and then the whole thing is based around, oh, the person who did the crimes is actually a trans woman, but then we're going to do a gag where they still have a penis. Oh, nice. Classic 90s. Gotta love that classic transphobia.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, Devin, this week, if we're going to be talking about cable and the future, I had to call in some special help.
1: Who you call him, Luke?
0: I had to call you from the past future.
1: <gasps> oh, I love to eat the farts.
0: Yeah, boy, I got Zencaster subscription back. Did you
1: not before?
0: No, like for the past several months, I did not want to pay $20 a month for something that we were only using for this, but I used it for a Pokemon test. And then if we're going to have our special guest, uh Free Zencaster only gives you uh, two channels or two people you can record with.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: Plus, I get to play all sorts of fun new games like Devon. Who's that Pokemon?
1: Play it again, Luke. Is that an Onyx, Luke?
0: No. It's it's Machoke. It's Machoke. Ah, yeah.
1: I don't yeah, have... fuck fucks with my boy, Machamp. champ.
0: But how do you get that without. Oh, apparently they added in like trading for Pokemon. So now instead of having to pay 100 candy to get your uh, Machoke to evolve into a Machamp, you can just trade with someone else.
1: Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm.
0: And they brought in horrifying Girder Pokemon. So I'm excited uh, into Pokemon Go, but that's not what we're here for.
1: Isn't we're here to it? talk
0: about also. No. I got a I Volbeat wish we were. the other day,
1: Luke. That was exciting.
0: Oh, nice. Did he run into a friend from the
1: UK? No, from China. That's oh, a Chinese yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, I guess so. Also... Volbeat,
0: the Chinese Pokemon. I got mine from someone when I went to GoFest in Chicago. Oh,
1: nice. Mm-hmm. No, it's because there it was we were doing a raid, and I asked if anyone needed hair crosses or carnivores. Ursula, ah, because I got them for days.
0: Nice, just like I so got some torkles for days, including the one that has your name yeah. on it. So if you ever come out here again,
1: I'll kick your ass and then I'll trade you it. Nice or luke's mm-hmm. can come to minnesota and we can see the biggest ball of twine luke
0: it you it exists you i know and it's like only an hour Something from like
1: you that.
0: i mean i have t- thought about doing a like summer retreat for the podcast crew because everybody goes up to Minnesota to see the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Oh, speaking of Weird Al, have you watched Myla Murphy's Law? Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's on the Disney app. It is a very good cartoon if you like uh, complex disaster sequences, uh, time travel shenanigans, making fun of Doctor Who and also Weird Al. I do like people making fun of Doctor Who. Weird Al voice is the main character who mm -hmm, is named Milo Murphy of like Murphy's Law where anything that can go wrong will. It's very good. It's on the Disney Plus app. Mm -hmm. I will look into that. But anyways, uh, good cartoons, time travel and Pokemon aside... Uh, We are here to cover Ultimate X-Men 75 through 88. Uh, We're getting close to the end of Robert Kirkman, because none of these are really good. Uh, Up first, we have Ultimate X-Men 75 through 78 Cable, written by Robert Kirkman, with art by Ben Oliver. Pencils by Yannick Paquette. Inks by Serge LaPointe. Color by Jason Keith. Uh, And Stefan... Peru and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna It's Jean Grey's twentieth birthday and Cyclops got her a small box that she isn't ready to open because a bunch of shit keeps happening. Nick Fury meanwhile sends Professor X a power dampener bracelet via Quicksilver to use on Jean and Charles is hesitant to use it, and he calls her in to talk about it, and we never actually see uh-huh. that
1: scene which is weird. That would have been some good character development.
0: Mm-hmm. Iceman and Rogue, meanwhile, are having relationship issues since Rogue got her normal touch powers back, and both of them want to touch because they be horny, and neither of them can
1: the touch. The horniest of teens.
0: hmm Xavier then tries to reach out to Nightcrawler, who is refusing to work with him, partially because Xavier is keeping him in a coma. But to be fair, is the worst. I know. I know. Yes. Ultimate Nightcrawler is. Because here he's horny without being suave. And hateful. Very hateful. Also hateful. And that is when Cable, a white-haired old man with a metal arm appears, puts a power dampener on Xavier. That knocks him out before Kitty attacks, but he puts a power dampener on her, too. And then Gene finds Cable and calls in the team, but then BAM! Also, she gets power dampened.
1: Power dampeners for all. You get a dampener. You get a dampener. Look under your seats. Everyone's getting a dampener.
0: Alternately, abortions for some, power dampeners for all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We got weird energy this time. Uh the other X-Men join in and are knocked out until it's down to Wolverine and Cable and that's when we see Cable pop his claws because he's also Wolverine. <gasps>
1: <gasps> what a twist.
0: Yeah, it's not good.
1: No, it's a dumb twist.
0: Yeah. Uh so Wolverine doesn't believe Cable who starts referencing things that Wolverine doesn't know and ultimately he just explodes Wolverine enough to knock him out. Before Rhodes, Cyclops, and Iceman show up, they get the drop on Cable, who's forced to lock them in a box, as everyone else gets over their
1: inhibitor discs, and then Cable runs off with Gene. Yep, that sounds like the old Wolverine we know. Ciri mm-hmm. tries to find Gene and Cable, but is unable to, and that is when Bishop, an older black man from the future, shows up looking for Cable. Wolverine knocks him out and brings him to Xavier, where Bishop explains that he came to stop Cable, who meanwhile has gathered a team of other people from the future. Iceman goes to check on Cyclops, who is upset that he didn't share his feelings of gene, and Iceman is upset because he can't touch Rogue. Xavier, meanwhile, sends Syndicate, who his two-headed secret agent, to meet with someone. Xavier also talks to Storm, who talks to him about how Kitty Pride is upset and wants to leave. Bishop explains that Cable probably has Gina hiding in the present and is tracking the Chrono energy, so he plans uh, to take everyone except Cyclops with him, leaving Cyclops to protect Xavier. Cyclops is not happy about this plan, but Bishop goes on to explain that while he worked with Cable in the past, in the future, right now Cable is not acting to uphold the Xavier doctrine.
0: So, Devin, do you have lots of thoughts about Bishop?
1: Yeah. Which version, this one, or all bishops? It, it, all bishops. Yeah, not, a, not a huge fan.
0: Yeah. I do find it kind of interesting that Will portasio who uh, like designed a bishop and had a big hand in the initial story, is designed him to be Filipino-American, and he does sort of just become... Oh, yeah, he's a black guy. Yeah. is weird.
1: My problem with bishop is it's everything... I don't know. He never seems to change.
0: I mean, there's the large portion of his time where he decided to hunt down Hope Summers.
1: Yeah. But it's like everything seems to change what killed his future. Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: that is time travel for you.
1: Well I agree. But then it just turns, but then it just always turns the story to be the same thing If I need to hunt down. So-and-so. So-and-so, because, oh, they killed my future. I mean, I did like the Hope Summers arc, because I actually thought that was well-written, and that Cable arc was good. hmm Back when I anyway, enjoyed the X-Men books.
0: You aren't into Donna X?
1: I haven't read it. But no, I mean, I, I, mean, th- I, I fell off Expo because I thought Bendis sucked real hard.
0: Oh, yeah, but I mean, Donna X and Hawkspox are made to get back into it. Mm. There's a book for everyone. It's all on my comicsology, except for the most recent Fallen Angels, because that book did suck. There was no lobsters in it at all.
1: Mate. Mm hmm.
0: Anyways, Bishop teleports the team to the old Fidland Weapon X compound, and as soon as they get there, uh, They run into uh Cable's team, Six-Pack, and one of them shoots off Rogue's arm, so Wolverine has to be like, oh, well, now we're getting into real ultimate stuff.
1: Now we can mm-hmm. touch.
0: Mm-hmm. The members of Six-Pack are there, and they are Domino, who has luck powers and a gun, Grizzly, who turns into a bear, Hammer, who is big and strong, Kane, who can shoot off his hands, and... Cable, who is watching Gene in the base. And I do love Grizzly. Grizzly was good. Because it's just... Uh-huh. And the X Men are getting stomped on, and Cable asks if Gene sees goblins when she uses her powers, which she does. And I I really forget where the whole goblin thing is going to, because it's like, oh, it's probably leading into the goblin queen or something and I don't know if kirkman was familiar with that
1: it was probably leading to a twilight zone parody luke i don't get that reference nightmare at however many thousand feet that's a gremlin yeah we're changing it up are, are for, you... we're changing it up for the the new x-men you got a little norman osborne on the wing of the plane <laughs>
0: sure uh xavier meanwhile decides to go and save gene but cyclops tries to stop him and xavier says that he loves gene and yeah uh, this is just handled awfully every single way it was like i hate i hate this so much as they end up flying to Fidland instead of taking the portal for whatever reason Cyclops jumps out of the plane because he's like, yeah, I've been in this plane for about three hours with you so far, Charles. I don't want to do this anymore. And Storm helps him land as he enters into the fray and avoids being around Xavier. Cable ends up breaking Bishop's chrono displacer and then Xavier crashes the jet into the battlefield. The other members of Six Pack leave, injured, and Cyclops moves to stop Cable, but he gets a shuriken in the eyes, which ends up breaking his visor. Weird shuriken. Yeah, it was. The pair fight, unaware that Xavier is crawling his way in, and as Xavier prepares to kill Cable, Cable triggers an explosion, and all that's left of Xavier in the aftermath is a skeleton, and no signs of Cable.
1: The end. No, is probably sad about that. And this wraps up another episode of Multiversal Q.
0: (laughs) I wish we have much more bad places to go before we wake. Yeah, the biggest thing for me here is that this is not a fun
1: story. It was not a fun story. Except for Grizzly, who was great. That does not make a fun story.
0: Yeah, but we could at Best least... think just the fun character about.
1: in a story.
0: Okay, fair. Well, we have a lot of low, low Ultimate X-Men on here. How do you feel about it compared to Magical?
1: Uh, this is worse.
0: I don't like it as much as Spider-Man Daredevil Punisher or the Ultimates. Uh Ooh, I, I think I like this slightly more than the Ultimates Annual too. Yes, that was the one where Cap and Falcon fought racism in the Hell Southwest.
1: Yeah. So our but remember, Cap stopped racism. Except it wasn't. Hmm. So racism does no, no longer uh, so, exists in the Ultimate Universe.
0: <laughs> so our new number eighty-seven is Ultimate X Men. Cable. After that, we have a weird backup story, because they were doing these for like three issues, and then they stopped. Uh, In Ultimate X-Men 75, it is called Extracurricular. It is written by Sean McKeever, with pencils by Mark Brooks, inks by Jamie Mendoza, color by John Rausch, and letters by VCs
1: Joe Caramagna. Doug Ramsey of the Academy of Tomorrow is feeling left out by the other students. Uh, because he is not a mutant. He tries to talk to Emma Frost, who tells him to take care of his friends, so he follows them and finds them raiding a drug lab. Members of the gang capture him, but Emma and players show up and take the guns from the gang. Havoc takes the blame, but blames her actions on Emma and keeping the team from helping in emergencies, and Emma tells them that they can always transfer, and Doug's friends thinks that he is a narc.
0: What an unimportant yeah. story. What a weird choice, especially for the direction that Emma Frost suddenly starts going down hard in. Yeah. In, like, two issues. Uh, yeah. It's better than why Xavier's cat is named Mystique. I would agree. Uh, I mean, there's nothing actively bad. It's just a very simple and kind Uh of boring story.
1: Sean McKeever can still write them teens, though.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to... Uh, X-Men Date Night? Not as good. Uh, the Tempest? Better. Alright, so our new number 79... Is Ultimate X-Men 75 Extra Extracurricular. Uh, up next we have Ultimate X-Men 79 through 80... Aftermath. And it's really dumb... Because you have seventy-nine and eighty that are aftermath, and then eighty-one is cliffhangers, and it's like you could have put them 100%. all together. You also get Yannick Paquette art here, and he just enjoys drawing cleavage on everybody. And butts.
1: Mm-hmm. So many butts.
0: Yep. Once again, it was written by Robert Kirkman with pencils by the aforementioned Yannick Paquette, inks by Serge Lapointe, colors by Stephane Peru, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. News that Xavier died begins to spread, and Kitty prepares to leave the school, partially to be closer to Spider Man. I like that when things happen in Spider Man's life, Kitty and the X Men are concerned. (laughs) But when Xavier dies, Peter's not pissing on anybody. At the White House, Nick Fury explains that Xavier is dead to the president, but that he was killed by another mutant, and they're working on a story, and that it won't affect the Legacy Project. Ooh. What do you think that could be? Do you think it has anything to do with this Legacy virus oh, I keep so. hearing about? What about Emerald Lagasse?
1: Oh, that makes more sense. He was still big at the time.
0: hmm they're going to spice up everybody's genes by Bam. tossing in some wine. Sabretooth, meanwhile, shows up to to Wolverine about his past and his wife before disappearing. That's literally all that Sabretooth does nowadays. Pretty much.
1: He's got a stick and he likes to stick to it.
0: Mm hmm. And Cyclops and Jean try and cope with the loss of Xavier and, when Xavier, and when Cyclops thinks about giving her the gift, she tells him, not right now. Northstar, meanwhile, invites Klausus to join his school, and Wolverine sees the title of the play that Storm has been writing called The Shadow
1: King. Nothing nope. important about that. At the funeral, Moira meets with Llandra. The Fantastic Four are there with other people to feel sad about Charles' death. Emma Frost is suddenly becoming an asshole, and Wolverine realizes that he finally killed Xavier just like Magneto asked him two years ago.
0: hmm. Hey, Devin. All of Charles' exes. I had something for all of my exes live in Texas, but nope, I,
1: I lost it. I lost. It. Do you think? Go ahead. Wolverine is wondering if he can still get paid.
0: <laughs>
1: that would be great. Afterwards, Gene finds that Nightcrawler, who was under Xavier's power, has gone, while Forge lures the news of Xavier's death to Magneto, who is very happy. At the will of reading, the estate and money is split between Gene, Cyclops, and Storm, which would only allow it with liquid assets to be open for three more months. They also found out that Xavier owned a bunch of warehouses in NYC. Which and, doesn't get resolved either. Nope. He's just a rich man who happened to own a bunch of warehouses, Luke.
0: And then he'll sell them off to Amazon.
1: Yeah. In Chicago at the Academy of Tomorrow, Colossus plans to stay with his boyfriend. Wolverine works to leave the school to find out about his past. Leaving Storm behind and Cyclops tries to bring up the gift once again, who turns it down knowing that it is a marriage proposal, but she does throw in a pity fuck.
0: It is the most pitiful. Yeah, I understand you're upset, slugger. But how about I suck your dick?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Poor Sonic <Loves. laughs>
0: At least he didn't get cucked by his teacher.
1: That's true.
0: He's just cock-blocked by her memories of him.
1: Yep. Which, honestly, that's a long-term thing right there. That might yeah. be worse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All
1: sad clops. No planes for him to jump out to escape this situation now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause I'm free, free falling.
1: Pyro, a mutant who controls fire, gets into a standoff with the police and Friends of Humanity, an anti-mutant group. But Nightcrawler saves him and tells him off for being reckless. Pyro explains the
0: how do you feel about this weird burn victim, Pyro?
1: Yeah, I don't know. that was kind of that. that from a character that it was more interesting.
0: I think the look is neat. Yeah, he seems like someone who would be interesting to hang out with.
1: Uh, yeah, but Nightcrawler saves him tells him off for being reckless. Pyro explains that he was part of the Morlocks, a mutant gang in the sewers, but he wanted to do more. Meanwhile, the three heads of the Xavier
0: School meet with the Church of Shi'ar Enlightenment about funding, and they promise to help continue the dream, with Gerald Levine being in charge of the money. And unknown to Lalandra, Gerald is still part of the Hellfire Club and is the one who lied about Jean actually being the Phoenix host. Gerald Levine, doing mean things. Mm-hmm. He is part of the Hellfire Machine. Angel checks in with Colossus to find if Xavier told him anything because he was at the school as a secret sleeper agent and Xavier didn't tell anyone about that. So Angel decides to quit school and go look for Dazzler. At the New York State Prison, Bishop meets with his younger self and tells him to be careful and not use his powers. And when the remaining class of Cyclops, Storm, Jean, Rogue, Iceman, and Bishop meet up at night. Cyclops explains his new plan to disband the X-Men and open the school as an actual school, focusing on teaching mutants to learn instead of fight. Bishop is unhappy, so Cyclops tells him to start his own team, and Bishop says he will, with blackjack and hookers. And in the future, Cable gets fixed up by a robot, and we see that Xavier is still alive, but is in stasis. But do you think he was
1: missing his skeleton now, Luke?
0: Who missing his skeleton?
1: Papa Charles. Papa Chuck. What skeleton? Remember the skele- when he disappears, all they see is a skeleton.
0: Oh, oh. No, they, they mentioned that they only sent one fake skeleton back in time. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be great if Xavier is just a series of gaseous
1: blobs but uh yeah all of his organs are still in there but the skeleton could not travel back in time <laughs> yep uh so how do you feel about aftermath
0: That was better yeah i mean that's at this point it's not saying too much it
1: didn't do uh, it didn't really do anything but
0: yeah i mean it didn't do anything bad either and we get pyro yeah. Uh How do you feel about it compared to date night? Worse. Uh extracurricular? Worse. Uh I think it's better than the tempest. You're sure, yeah. So new number 80 is Ultimate X-Men 79 through 80. Robert is really just driving down the X-Men rating. Or the X-Men quality rating here. It wasn't super high to begin with. Our highest one was 18. Which wasn't bad. And then we had like Hellfire and Brimstone. And some others that were in the middle. But now like the entire bottom. There's just lines of three or four X-Men stories in a row. Until you get down to the really bad stuff. And even then... You got, like, Ultimate Cable, and our number two worst story is the Ultimate X-Men Annual, so... This is the way. (laughs) Uh.
1: Up next, though, we have Ultimate X-Men 81, Cliffhangers. Once again, written by Robbie Kirks, with art by Ben Oliver, color by Jose Villarubia. Additional inks by Pat Davidson and letters once again by VCs Joe Caramagna. At the Triskelion, Mr. Sinister is found dead. Whoops. Meanwhile, Mastermind and his girlfriend Stacy X come in to get Mystique out where she was impersonating Magneto and Mastermind sends her out to Magneto's base.
0: Uh, Someone finally pointed out what Stacy X's name is a play on, and I feel really dumb for not getting it.
1: What is it, Luke?
0: Uh, Reverse the parts. Oh, X to Stacy X. Yeah, because she gave people a feeling of euphoria. It's great because she started off as a sex worker. Great to tie them immediately
1: to Doom mm-hmm. Drones Marvel. Six weeks after Cyclops opened the school, things are going all right, though Cyclops is unknowingly helping a younger grizzly from the six-pack. Jean is, meanwhile, keeping the staff controlled to not see mutants, and Toad joined up to help out and recruit new people. At the Academy of Tomorrow, Emma Frost is out with her new boyfriend, Shinobi Shock, who is in contact with Gerald. Nightcrawler, meanwhile, made it to the sprawling warlock space. And Nick Fury checks in on Beast, who is unknown to everyone else, is alive, no longer Fury, just has fangs, and is working on a secret project for Fury to deal with the legacy virus. In Manhattan, a mutant mugger and member of the Mutant Liberation Front is killed by a sentinel. And then Storm has a nightmare of aliens and something called the Shadow King, and wakes up and adds notes to her play, and wakes up to find that Bishop is at her door looking to recruit her.
0: Storm's play is going
1: to suck so oh, bad. So bad.
0: If it's literally just like, oh, here are some dreams I had about the Shadow
1: King. Especially too, because it's not like he's done anything yet. So, just a bunch of build-up. Yeah. No climax. No, pu- yeah. no three.
0: Not yet. I mean, we're we're building up to something big. I mean, they killed off Mr. Sinister, Devin. Everybody's favorite character. Right off screen too uh, I know uh, so I don't know if this is better or worse than Aftermath it's shorter than Aftermath it is shorter.
1: once again nothing happened I would put it with Aftermath
0: uh, above or below
1: below no Pyro
0: and yep The art isn't as good. We then have Ultimate X-Men 82 through 83, The Underneath. Once again, Robert Kirkman, pencils by Pascal Alex, inks by Danny Mickey, Victor Olizaba, Alan Martinez, with colors by Jose Valarubia, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. The art here is very different. Very different. It kind of feels like a less developed Ming Doyle style. Like, it's all very simple lines. Like, it sort of has uh-huh. a sketchy feel. But not as developed as some of the other artists who do the same thing. Nightcrawler is brought into Morlock Town, which is ruled by Sunder. Uh, He's introduced to Callisto, who explains that they are self-sufficient, but have to be ready to fight. And so Nightcrawler immediately has to go and fight Caliban, who is a mutant who feeds that mutant energy. While their fight is stopped by Asunder, as secretly toad is watching toad is there as part of cyclops's plan which gene is unhappy about cyclops wants the school to do some down-to-earth outreach since they can't use cerebro at this point and they're also worried about the Sentinels that are showing up and he also doesn't want to send in rich and hot beans to talk to the morlocks
1: i mean that makes sense
0: yeah it is kind of funny though that, that they switched from, like, Yannick, Paquette, who who's like, oh, yes, this would be a lot more evident to Pascal, who does not make that as clear.
1: But deep down, you know.
0: Yeah. Also, Jean just starts wearing a lot of tops that randomly show cleavage, oh, like uh-huh. she's Power Girl at this point. A sentinel, in the meantime, chases after Pyro until he is saved by Storm and Bishop, who we find out uh, Bishop has the ability to change the weight and density of things along with his future tools, even though I don't think this is how his powers work at all later on in the series. Yeah, I don't think so. They recruit Pyro as part of Bishop's plan, and he brings him back to his secret base in Australia. Back in Mutant Town, Nightcrawler explains that he was part of the X-Men, and Sundry gets mad until Nightcrawler explains that he left the X-Men. But that is when Toad shows up as part of the outreach, and Sundry gets angry thinking that it is part of an attack, and so Toad and Nightcrawler are captured. When Cyclops doesn't hear from his best buddy Toad, he gets a team together to look for him while Bishop and Storm go to recruit Dazzler. Cyclops teams up with him, Jean, Iceman, and Rogue, and they go into the sewers where the Morlocks attack them. Colossus, meanwhile, who's working at a construction site, is the next recruit for Bishop, but he asks for rest, though, and he does not want to join the team. Meanwhile, Dazzler goes to recruit Angel, and the two are happy to see each other. With Rogue's help stopping Caliban, the team frees Nightcrawler and Toad before Nightcrawler knocks Sunder out. They think that he kills him at first. Because he
1: literally snaps Sunder's neck. He'll just probably leave some permanent damage. It's cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sunder doesn't matter. He has
0: unclear powers. Also, there's a thing where they rip off Callisto's eye patch and there's a bunch of tentacles, but it literally just adds nope. nothing to the story.
1: Much like that time where we ripped off uh Deadpool's mask and he's just some weird skeleton man that also added nothing to the story
0: (laughs) Cyclops invites Nightcrawler home and is turned down so the X-Men leave in Australia Bishop tells Dazzler that Angel shouldn't be on the team based on his plan but she tells him that it's either both of them or neither of them and so Bishop accepts because nothing is stronger than horny teams when the X-Men said nothing what When the X-Men return home, Jean rests to try and control her powers, and the rest of the X-Men end up finding Psylocke and the Syndicate waiting for them. And back in Morlock Town, Nightcrawler shall be our leader! Nightcrawler is the leader. Yeah, what a waste of the Morlocks.
1: I agree.
0: It's like, at first they're going to be terrorists, but then they aren't.
1: And now it's... they're nothing. <sighs>
0: Better or worse than cable. Cable's art worse was better. Than. Better or worse than Ultimate's Annual Two?
1: Worse.
0: Uh, I think it's worse than Ultimate Fantastic Four in Human. I don't think it's quite as bad as Ultimate Iron Man. Two.
1: I would agree. Lines need to be
0: dropped. Right. The line shall be drawn. Uh so that is our new number ninety three. We are up to ninety seven stories, Devon. Are you ready for number ninety eight? Ultimate X-Men eighty four through eighty eight was uh is t- Ultimate X-Men eighty four through eighty eight is called Sentinels, written by Robert Kirkman, Pincel by Yannick Paquette, Inks by Serge La Pont, Carl Sori, Chris Justice, with additional art by Salvador La Rocha. Colors by Sifin Peru and letters
1: by V.C.'s Joe Caramagna. When Wolverine gets shot in the face by a mutant phobic bartender, Storm and Bishop come in and get him to join the team. Meanwhile in the Bronx, Strife has assembled the Mutant Liberation Front where he's trying to bring unrest about the killing of Charles Xavier when they are set upon by a group of sentinels before Strife teleports away with help from Zero, a young mutant. Back at the mansion, Psylocke and Syndicate catch up. or catch people up on what is happening, and there's some bullshit about how Psylocke is considered a minor now, which makes absolutely no sense because she is working for the government, even though she is in a young woman's body.
0: It it's like some bad TV
1: movie. To be show. fair, Marvel keeps doing that with a lot of characters, like with that I new guess, thing that's like punishing s- the teens event that they're trying to pull. It's like Spider-Gwen's not a teen. She is an adult.
0: And she's from another another. universe.
1: Fair. Anyway, she and Syndicate... Oh, and so, yeah, same with Squirrel Girl and X-23. Both of them have all been established as adults. Anyway. Wait, go ahead.
0: Squirrel Girl is in college. I oh, also finally got around to finishing Squirrel he, Girl, and dang, that, that was, was a good series. aging
1: because, like, the new mutants and stuff. I also thought she was, like, in her mid to late
0: 20s. The new mutants?
1: They're not new mutants.
0: Uh, new no, Avengers, Avengers. new Avengers. I mean, she has kind of buried her age, but no, like, when she was on the uh, Al Ewing team, I assume
1: you mean? No. I thought, like, in the mid 2000s.
0: Oh, oh, the Bendis one. Yeah, yeah, but Bendis did a bunch of stuff that people didn't like, like the whole oh she had a relationship with Wolverine.
1: Oh, I agree with that. But I always assumed from that that she was like in her mid to late twenties.
0: No, like Ryan North came and was like, "Yeah, she's a high school, or she's a college freshman now."
1: No, I know. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying about de aging people. Oh,
0: yeah, but not like in the recent runaways where one of the characters eats a magical cupcake and is literally de-aged. Oh,
1: that's good. Mm-hmm. The new runaways anyway. is wild. Nice. Anyway, anyway, she and Syndicate. The government should defend Yes, go ahead, Luke. Tell me about the government. The government should. The government should allow Silac
0: to have the powers to. Act her age and be treated now as an adult,
1: because there's no reason they wouldn't believe that's her. fair. Anyway, she and Syndicate started working as the Femurs twins for Xavier, and came back to find if Xavier actually had died, and to find if she could join the official X Men. When Cyclops tells her he shut down the team, she is angry. Bishop's palling around in Australia, meanwhile, working to help the team get better at using their powers. Like teaching Dazzler to make bigger explosions while Storm works on new uniforms.
0: Those new uniforms don't actually show up though. It's just everybody has a slightly different mm-hmm. look. Including Psylocke's really unfortunate. Oh, we've declared that she is a miner, but we're gonna do some panty shots. Yeah. Bishop Yannick beep beep less horny towards miners' bodies.
1: Or Kirkman don't do that in the first place. Yeah. Bishop heads back to the Xavier School where he tries to talk to Psylocke, who gets a weird vibe off of him. And when the news comes on with a story about the Mutant Liberation Front fighting Sentinels, Bishop's team with Psylocke on board travels to fight while Trask and the Fenris twins watch on. The X-Men are holding on, holding their own until Storm is attacked by a vision of the Shadow King, but luckily Dazzler unleashes her powers. Strife, meanwhile, is angry that the team is not being more proactive about Xavier's memory, and Bishop calls him a terrorist. Strife? Oh, we haven't talked about how dumb Strife looks here. Well, I agree. Strife looks dumb.
0: Yeah, he does not have any of his armor. He's just, like, he's the uh, alternate character color palette swap for Ultimate Mastermind. He's just got a white beard. Or a white goatee and white hair.
1: Well, and also because of what... The little weird twist we already did with Logan, he doesn't make sense now.
0: Yeah, ultimate strife
1: is super dumb. Uh, Seraph brings up going points about how uh, societal factors could have resulted in Xavier's death, and the coincidence that Sentinels would return as soon as Xavier died, and Pyro decides to defect. Once he leaves, though, Salak explains he convinced Pyro to go as a spy since he wasn't very strong in battle. Meanwhile, on the field Explores comes to merge with Jean, but the goblins that she has uh, there that she has push it away. Beast, meanwhile,
0: escapes from shield. Bishop's team finds another sentinel and hurts it enough for so it leaves the repairs. So they track it and teleport into the base where they find the Finder's twins waiting, and the twins activate a large number of sentinels. The X-Men effectively combo-move the Sentinels with Angel wielding an arm cannon that Storm powers to fire, and Wolverine slam dunks one so hard that it falls into others, allowing Storm to blast them. Strife, meanwhile, knows that there is a spy while Beast returns to the Xavier Mansion, where Fury tries to get him to come back to cure the Legacy Virus, but Beast doesn't think the Legacy Virus is real because no one else is working on it, and Fury explains that he's trying to keep it hidden. But Beast escapes, leaving behind the comms that he was using. Meanwhile, at Central Park, Strife assembles the Mutant Liberation Front again to make a stand, and the people try to fight, er, and some angry humans show up and try and fight, and Pyro notices that Strife teleports away before Sentinels come in. Like, this could have been just so much uh-huh. shorter. Back at the fight, Storm gets hurt, so Wolverine goes into a rage, destroying most of the other Sentinels, and when he comes to, the rest of the team has been knocked out in the fight, and Fandorus has Psylocke at blast point. Bishop tells him to get away from his wife, which surprises everyone, and when Bishop stands up against him, they blast him so he uses his powers like normal Bishop does, and murders both of them, which pisses off Storm, which is dumb. I agree. In Central Park, Beast ends up saving Pyro from the fight, and they wonder where Strife went. That's when Strife and Zero show up in front of the X-Men, and Zero runs away in the Sentinel building. Trask, who built the Sentinels, is also suddenly there and tries to surrender, but Strife wants to fight. Luckily, Psylocke breaks into his mind and sees that Fendris hired Strife for his ability to cause Strife to create some attacks on the United States to raise interest in the Sentinels, this is the most fucking dumb plan because they do not do it well. Because it's like, Stripe never gets the mutants to actually attack people where the government would be like, oh, we need to buy Sentinels. It's literally, oh, hey, here's some angry people who were assembling. Now they're getting shot down by Sentinels. Except for like the one pickpocket who got murdered. And he was a pickpocket. It's just... What are you doing here, Strife? Your plan makes less sense than normal Strife's plans, and that's saying something.
1: Very true. Strife ends up activating all of the Sentinels to attack with a failsafe that Trask explains, so that they all go to kill mutants, so the X-Men have to go after the Sentinels, joining up with the Mutant Liberation Front. When Dazzler's unable to save a mutant from being killed, she figures out the key to larger blasts, but also finds that it uses a lot of energy. Back in the base, Trask overloads the generators and illogically tried to make up for assisting mutant genocide, even though he does not actually really hate mutants. And then he punches Angel, who tries to save him from the oncoming explosion, and dies as the base explodes.
0: Yeah, Trask's whole character is just like, oh, we need to put in someone else here, I guess, to die... Because they don't explain why Trask is there beyond helping to make the Sentinels, and then it's like, Oh, I hated mutants, but not enough to genocide them. I guess I made a, I made
1: a mistake. Yeah. More dumb stuff. The Sentinels all depower and saved saves Storm from a falling Sentinel, and Bishop checks in to say that they're working as a team and meeting goals, which his boss Cable is happy about. In the future, Cable's base is attacked, so he and Xavier, who can walk, prepare to leave. Meanwhile, the police arrive, things are awkward for Storm and Beast, and everyone runs. At the Xavier Mansion, they are having a game with Emma Frost Academy of Tomorrow, and Emma became a thought. In Australia, Beast catches people up on his life, and Bishop tells him that he needs help with the Legacy Virus, which was developed to help enhance humans to be like Captain America, but it also instantly kills mutants, but Strife knows Fury, has Beast working on the cure to prevent that, and Fury will not unveil it without a cure ready. Emma introduced Jean to Shinobi, who is hanging out with Gerald. When Jean goes to the bathroom, the man attack her with a sedative, and she explodes in the Phoenix energy. Afterwards, Cyclops reveals they found out both they were both in the Hellfire Club and got arrested. So I confronts Bishop about their past, Storm and Beast kiss because she has feeling for him still, Emma Foster's is revealed to be part of the Hellfire Club, and Cable works to prepare Xavier for their fight against the apocalypse.
0: Yeah, the Emma twist is some Very dumbass dumb. bullshit. Because she suddenly goes to, Oh yeah, I'm going to dress like the classic White Queen, and now mm-hmm. I'm evil.
1: Well, that's how it works, Luke.
0: You dress sexy once, and then you turn evil. You dress for the job that you want.
1: And that's to be
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about this compared to Ultimate Adventures? Worse. Because this is, yeah, this is the worst one that we've read. Uh... I think it's worse than Ultimate X-Men Annual Breaking Point. Yeah. I don't think it's Ultimate Iron Man bad, though. Oh, The good. first part. So our new number 97, our second from the worst story, is <laughs> Ultimate X-Men 84 through 88 Sentinels. golly robbie golly robbie golly robbie what a good time yeah except when it sucked <laughs> uh alright well next time on Ultiversal Q uh, which is going to be back in two weeks this was just us returning to our schedule it's our 200th numbered episode
1: nice and we'll include our 100th uh, story arc in the ultimate series
0: yeah uh we're dealing with some ultimate fantastic four and we might have <gasps> a special guest
1: pray tell
0: luke Well, I'm still trying to get the details 100% nailed down. Neato. So, yeah, once I get that, we can talk. Uh, we didn't get questions this week, but uh, more Ultimate Fantastic Four by Mike Carey should be good. So, you know, we'll maybe have a story worth being our 100th story listed on here. Yeah.
1: Luke's having stomach issues. Luke, tell uh, so, us about those. That's a that's a question.
0: <laughs> uh, w- okay. So last Sunday, I ended up walking too much, and I haven't been doing a good job at stretching before walking. And so when I went up for bed for the night, I had an awful stabbing mm-hmm. pain in my foot. And that turned out to be uh, just caused by like a spurt brain and so between talking to my medical practitioner person and then also andrew young uh i was like oh i need to walk less and so i think because i'm not walking as much and hitting that point my stomach and my body is not I digesting things as much as it had i'm just full Foiled of gas. rest and
1: power, power.
0: I hope I don't die. (sighs) So, yeah, Uh, Devin, where can people find you online to give their condolences when I die? No one else wants to update. Oh, you can find me online
1: at Fredofett. That's F R E D D O F E T T, and you can also submit why you want to become the new co-host after Luke dies. And Luke, where can people find you for the time being? (laughs)
0: <laughs> God Christ. Uh you can find me on Twitter at, at @coltrick that's K W L T R E G if I ain't tweeting I'm dying or I've had to take a break. Uh yeah, you can also find me on the RPG Pals Club podcast. Uh also if you back the Patreon I put on a Pokemon one-shot RPG test thing. That is pretty fun. And I was also on the My Favorite Pokemon podcast this week, which nice. was very good. Yeah. Who is your favorite Pokemon, about- Luke? You don't know my favorite Pokemon, Devin?
1: It's Badoof, right? No. <laughs> no, it's it's the Delibird, isn't it? No. Oh. Then, no, Luke, I don't.
0: It's. It's Doug Trio.
1: Oh wait, no, I didn't do that.
0: Mhm. Yeah, it was a fun podcast. Uh, you should go and check it out. I am scrolling down to find that information so I can uh tell y'all what to watch. Uh, you can find it at my favorite PKMN on Twitter. Uh, yeah, if you like my normal shenanigans, you will enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with our big 200th numbered episode.
1: Nice. Oh, wait, a new question's coming in, Luke. Did you see Uncut well, Gems yet?
0: No, I was busy. <sighs> Luke. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, last weekend, I had a lazy weekend, and I mostly just played Fire Emblem Three Houses, Devin. That's cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's three houses, Devin. That's three. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at MultiversalQ. Follow us on Twitter at MultiversalQ. We also have a Facebook. And we are coming up on our fifth anniversary, Devin. I know. Which is wild. Like, I don't remember when our fifth anniversary is. Oh, it's March.
1: Let's just say it's in spring.
0: Mm-hmm. So if you want to get us a gift off of our registry, please leave us a review. Uh the last one was like two years ago on iTunes. dang. Yeah. and I like to think that we have gotten better since then. I agree. So yeah that that wraps us up. Uh you know what to do? Have a great week, and I'm going to try not die. Who's that Pokemon?
1: It's Machoke, Luke.
0: No. That's Machoke. Oh,
1: wait, what's the new one? Is that Onyx? No. Is it Machamp? No. Is it Pikachu? No. Is it Squirtle? <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> Is it? It's Golbat. Yeah. Well, since you lost.
1: Oh, I love to eat the farts.
0: <laughs> see you next week. Catch you on the flip phone. Peace.